in a world full of swords and sorcery. In a universe full of blasters and spaceships. No swords and sorcery. Blasters and spaceships. Swords and sorcery! Good evening, folks. Welcome to another episode of Marginally Pertinent. I am one of your hosts, Bart Harper. And I'm your other host, Randall Latham. And tonight, Bart, what are we going to talk about? I do believe we are going to talk about Family Game Night. Oh, what a great topic. Family Game Night, kind of a lost art, you might say, in today's day and age. I would say, uh, I think that a lot of times the games that families play they might play on an xbox or a, a switch now um but there's a problem with all the game all the uh not game but screen time that's going on and family game night is a good time to pull everyone away from the screen yeah and there's now, you and I have both been gamers a long time, so that you and I are like would probably be a huge proponent for video games and stuff like that because we do play them. So we're not saying video games in general are all bad, but it is good to branch away and do the card game, the board game, you know, something of that nature. Agreed. Yeah. So, what we're going to talk about are what kind of games you can play, because there are just a slew of different things you can play, from tabletop role-playing games, to board games, to card games, all sorts of games. Yeah, tons of them. You have some listed here. I'm not familiar with like down in the card game stuff. So really? Okay. Well, yeah. I look forward to getting into those. Yeah, that'll be good. But we, we do have, we have a starting off here. We're, we're going to talk about a little bit the, what type of games and this will not be, um, uh, this will not be an extensive thing, but we're going to just, in general, several different kinds. Here we go. So our first one we have is a tabletop role-playing game. And as kids of the 80s, early 90s, uh, you had to be hardcore nerd to really get into these. And it, it pretty much, if you played this, you pretty much got um, socially outcast almost. <laughs> if it got leaked out that you played one of these things. Very much so. I mean... For decades now, the iconic nerd has been the pants pulled up to the navel, suspenders, glasses, in the basement, playing Dungeons and Dragons with other stereotypical nerd friends. Or or as my mother feared, the demon devil worshipping, you know, other other end of that spectrum child. I still don't understand that stigma to Dungeons and Dragons, but it could also just be because it's been around like our entire life. Yeah. Uh, 
but now this is this is kind of again the point of marginally pertinent is to bring marginalized things into pertinence dungeons and dragons role-playing games it's not just for the socially outcast anymore everybody's playing these and and it's not just dungeons and dragons if fantasy stuff is not your game but you like star wars or other science fiction guess what they've got them yep and i was even listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about other types of these tabletop rpgs where like you played one one of the characters played <clears throat> the memory of a person and all the other people in the room were like different aspects of that person's memory. It was, it was a weird concept, but like that was a role-playing game in its essence. So, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, as our intro state states, like, you know, space blasters and starships and orcs and goblins and wizards and stuff. I mean, there's, there's superhero games, there's um, modern day techno games uh, just if you if you do a search for it there's probably a game out there up your alley so and if there's not guess what you can make one up people are doing that all the time on like kickstarter um one of the other podcasts we listen to they talk about games that are getting kickstarted all the time Yeah, in in fact, these guys, in fact, these guys have actually kickstarted several of their own games, and it's I mean, like <clears throat> RPGs are seeing a huge resurgence right now, and, and maybe that's due in part to like Stranger Things with the kids in the basement playing, and the Demi Gorgon comes out, and and all that. In fact, you can find a starter set for Dungeon and Dragons that comes with, like the dice and the book and everything like that at Target right now on sale for like 30 bucks. And so there, there's a huge resurgence for RPG games and, and, and there's new ones being made all the time. And I think that is because people are finally kind of realizing that, Hey, they, I, I want some personal interaction with somebody, not just, maybe playing against somebody in a an online rpg or um i mean randall you and i belong to a pretty large gaming guild back in the day started with star wars galaxies went into world of warcraft uh, i don't even know what all games they're into now because they're still going but yeah sadly we've grown up and out of that a little bit um yep. And we made friendships and pretty strong acquaintances in that group, but we never take that back. We met some of them. Most of them we never met. Well, I mean, out of a, out of a guild of what three, four hundred people, we've met maybe five to ten in real life. I would say that is a. I would say that is a good estimation. With three of them being other people that are we actually hang out with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and, and you're right with, with an increasing online world where mo where our interactions are through 
social media, texting, um, email. Uh, we're spending more and more time alone and, and less and less time with other people developing relationships. And um, I think it's kind of showing in our culture that maybe these community style games like RPGs, sitting around a table, joking, eating junk food and soft drink, I don't know, or beer, whatever it is, these guys, you know, that get together to do this. Um, but the laughs that you have and things like that, you, you can't really have that through Facebook. Definitely not. You can LOL at each other and that's about it, but you definitely don't get the same feeling from LOL as you do from hearing somebody with just a hearty belly laugh. That's, that's very true. It, cause, cause Bart, you have, you have a, a very joyous laugh and, 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 and your, your raffle copter is not the same as your actual laugh. <laughs> I totally agree. Another thing that, uh, these tabletop RPG games do is they force your imagination to take over. Uh, there are games, of course, that have maps. I think Dungeons and Dragons is pretty map heavy, so you kind mm-hmm. of see where you are. But you know, you're you're making up a character in your mind. You are making up names. You're making up places where when you're playing on a computer, you're playing on an Xbox, all that is already created by somebody else and just put in front of you. And there's really not, as far as I know, another sandbox RPG out there where you can go wherever you want and do whatever you want. It's all very linear well, even even in a computer sandbox type game, what we mean by sandbox is that there are there's really no um, there's no main quest storyline. There's it's you know you're just kind of doing what you're doing. Minecraft is a perfect example of a sandbox where you just build stuff and that's it. There's no missions or something. But uh, but even in a sandbox oriented thing, you're still limited to the programmer's imagination and what they allow you to do in that setting. Like if I go into a room, it's got a door and a window. Well, if the pro if the programmer has only programmed it in that these doors and windows open by me going up and turning the doorknob or opening the window latch, that's all I'm going to be able to do. But in a tabletop RPG, let's say the game master tells you to walk in, you're, you're walking into a room and he describes that there's a door and there's a window. Well, opening those doors and windows are limited to the items that you have or the abilities in your imagination. Like, I want to open this door by pulling my blaster and blowing a honking hole through it, you know, or if you're a wizard, I'm, like, I'm going to cast magic missile and, and blow the door down. So, and for fans of, of that, um, the Dead Elwives skip from years ago, that magic missile bit comes from that. But, um, you know, your imagination is pretty much unlimited in a tabletop RPG where it's vastly still limited, even in a sandbox computer control RPG. All right. So what... We've talked about Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, and there are 
I think they're on version five, or is that what they call versions? I think it's seventy three right now. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know anything yeah. about it. I mean, I, um, we can give information on, you know, who's who's doing it and stuff like that. But yeah, you got Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the start like that they have tons of starter sets and stuff like that. And and they're they're produced by Wizards of the Coast. And uh, of course they also do like Baldur's Gate, which is part of the Dungeon and Dragon stuff. And I'm trying to see what version they're on, looking it up here, but we don't have it. But it's it's irrelevant. I mean and and what they mean by the version is they may use a different dice set they may use different role sets and stuff like that different and characters was, yeah yeah exactly different class sets and stuff and um we could literally do an entire six-part rpg on just what all of those things mean or rpg a podcast over what each of those things mean um for those that don't know um but yeah so i mean you've got that you've got what um you know, Fantasy Flight Games uh, has the property for all the Star Wars RPGs, and they have the role-playing game. They have the actual tabletop role-playing game that has, like, preset missions and stuff for it, and the miniatures, and, oh, goodness. I mean, this is a rabbit hole of RPG stuff that you can go down. It's board and card games and miniatures and tabletop and all that good stuff. <clears throat> and by miniatures, it's, like, little miniature characters like stormtroopers or rebel troopers or they also have the x-wing game series uh that you have miniature spaceships and and some of those in at least in the star wars ones are not so miniature like we're talking star destroyers that are a foot and a half to two feet long (laughs) yes the mon cal cruiser yeah, because because they're in scale, so you have a this tiny little X-wing, and it's going. And when you put it next to a star destroyer, it's it's the star destroyer is huge. Yeah, I still can't find what version this stuff is. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. Um, All right, so let's just... talk about like age groups. Like, what age range are we talking about here when it comes to an RPG bark? It is kind of hard to find an RPG for like an under 10 year old kid, which could limit the games you play. You know, oh, well, I guess Johnny's only seven, so we have to wait until he's 10 before we can whip out the Fantasy Flight Star Wars game. But this is not necessarily true. Because you can make up a game. You can make up a a farm game that your kids have to build a farm. And, yeah. I mean, all kids know what animals are on a farm. So they can start having different skills. You can make up skills for them, like clean, mucking the barn or, <laughs> or how to... I, I think you're creating I think you're creating I think you're creating the next marginally pertinent gaming idea from the mind of Barton Harper. 
let's go get a Kickstarter going right now. For- Farmer, yeah, far- Farming Simulator, Farming. the tabletop version. <laughs> Congratulations, you just learned how to drive a tractor. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're totally right. You can, you can create like a simple farming game where like, um, you know, you plow field, you plant the seed. And then like as the game master, you know, the person who's in control of the overarching game, you can be like, oh, no, it hasn't rained in a week. You have to figure out a way to water your crops. How do you do that kind of thing? Um, and you're just or- teaching your kids to to imagine to creatively think yeah and it's from experience playing with my own kids i have a 13 year old and a nine year old and when we first started and they still struggle with it some but when we first started doing this they were like well what do i do like what do you want to do i don't know like we have a blaster and some shot grenades and there's a stormtrooper in front of you what do you want to do well i don't know i don't want to hurt the guy he's going to kill you what do you want to do (laughs) And so, and, and, and at times they're like, I just want to talk my way out of it. And that's fine. That's, that's a skill that they can totally do. Um, if it was Bart's character trying to do this, he would ultimately fail and roll some threat on that. But, <laughs> or a despair, which, which is the dice terms that they use in fantasy flight games. But um, it's, it's interesting to see that they, they, they struggled with the imagination part and not having any limits to what they could do like almost giving giving them all that freedom was was overwhelming and so my recommendation was with the game like this even with the 13 year old that maybe isn't used to this is maybe dumb down the game a little bit take away a lot of their options maybe you don't do all the skills that are listed on the character sheet and just be like okay there's three options here as you know, as a GM, you can help walk them through and just be like, you can shoot them with the blaster, you can blow them up with the frag grenade, or you can try to weasel your way out of it by talking about it or talking your way out of it, and just guide them through those, and and let them come up with one of those choices from that, and then as they get more and more into it, you can expand that skill range a little bit, allow them to have more freedom in their choices. All right. So what about card games? What about them? They're fun. (laughs) So this is another way that you can play games with your family or your friends uh, and still get that face-to-face interaction. And card games go from you know, for the very young, like Go Fish, uh, Slapjack. What, what you said, there were some that you didn't know on our... I don't recognize Slapjack. All right, so Slapjack is a game where you, I think you divide the deck in half and, or how, you know, split it among whoever's playing. It was always me and my sister playing this, so it was just split in half. So you would take a card, you'd have your deck, you'd take the top card and flip it down. Okay. And if it was anything but it, or if whatever was the higher card, whoever threw it down 
we're gonna have to edit this one because I just remembered. <laughs> I'm think I'm mixing up war and slapjack. <laughs> or we can just leave it, and I can. We sound like leave. Humor. We're totally leaving this in there. Okay. So that's not how we played it. What you do. I if you're just now tuning in, those were the rules for war. <laughs> <laughs> so, Slapjack, you would put your card down and you just keep putting cards down until somebody put a, a jack. And whoever hit it first got those cards. And the eventual goal of the game was to get all the cards, which now that I think about it, I don't know if that's actually possible. No. Maybe you're just supposed to get the most cards. Maybe. Or maybe it was just a game my parents taught us to waste time. I'm going to say, maybe maybe this is why I've not heard of this game, Bart. (laughs) But this might be the most on-the-nose naming of any game I've ever heard. Slapjack. Slapjack. Well, there's a jack. Slap it. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) Well, you know war, though. You know how to play war? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've played war. And you just so eloquently described how you played it as well just a minute ago. So yeah, but then but then there's also poker, and you have don't teach your little kids. Like I'm teaching my little kid how to play poker. <laughs> I just it yes, you can teach your kids how to play poker. Don't teach them how to gamble money. <laughs> there you go. See, we played with M and M's growing up. Okay, hey, that's good. Or and then my mom still at one gummy bears or something like that. Yeah, but you have to watch out for your thieving mom who steals your M and M's all the time. <laughs> I can totally see her doing that. And if yeah. she listens to the podcast, she's probably going to be mad that I said that. No, she's not. She's probably like, "That's right." <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, card game. It's simple. Fifty-two card deck. They're cheap to buy. In fact, if you live near a casino, we, of course, I'm in Oklahoma. There's a casino like on every corner here, it seems like. Sometimes you can get like the used deck that will have like the hole punched through them. And um, they, I think, they either give them away or sell them for like real cheap in the gift shop and stuff there, like really cheap. So you're not spending a ton of money on entertainment there. Uh, and, and then you can use them for card tricks later, learn some card tricks entertain your kids for a bit while wow, they're friends embarrass your kid yeah <laughs> exactly all right so i mean the card games um you don't even have to right, uno um mm. skip games like that that don't use a traditional 52 card deck they use their own um cards those are also great games and are always fun to play we just started teaching our kids how to play you know and my daughter my five-year-old daughter is ridiculously good at winning okay so this may have been a topic we had later in the show but i want to bring it up now so as a parent do you let your children win or give them advantages or do you pound them into the ground while you still can <laughs> um oh gosh that is I don't 
make it an easy win. I still try. I will still do the reverse on them or, oh, here's a draw four. I'm so sorry if they're if they're about to win. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. As much as I, I can't stand that saying now, but, um, but yeah. So that I don't let them win, but if I see struggling or, or maybe frustration coming that, you know, not a, Oh, we need to talk about this. Your that behavior's totally unnecessary. Um, but just like, Oh, I can't get my card or I wanted that card, you know, something like that where, yeah, okay. Maybe fudge it a little bit. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But if I'm going to take the win, if I can get it, no i'm like hardcore run my children into the ground when i play a game with them oh no kids that's right that's right dancing around the table when i win okay i'm not that bad i'm pretty humble about it but uh because here's the thing i realize that i'm going to get old and senile someday and they're going to be able to beat me hands down. So I'm going to get my wins in now while I can. Like the other night. Yeah. Yeah. The other night we, Tiff and I and the girls left Cracker Barrel and the girls always love to play the giant checker set that they have. And so Maddie sat down, we started playing. I'm like, I'm about to just, you know, kill this kid in this game right here. And the thing is, is that she put up a good fight. And when I saw it was going to be like, Two moves and she could probably have me. I'm like, oh, look at the time. It's time to go. No, Dad, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you were so close. I, I just hate that we had to end the game. That's right. Look, the movie's going to start any minute now. We should go. <laughs> we cannot miss the previews. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, I mean, there are times where I, you know, if they've, They've played a good game and um, stuff. There have been a few moments where I've where I've fudged the cards or whatnot with them, but more often than not, I do like to teach them. Like, look, you're going to learn how to lose, and and this is the perfect way for them to learn that they can't win everything. And you just said it. Another thing about this is you are teaching your kids that they're not going to win at everything. There, there's not a participation ribbon for the Harper Family Games. No, and there's not a participation ribbon for the job interview that they were only hiring three people for and 200 people applied for. That's right. So, teaching your children how to deal with disappointment will make them better adults. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, there's I mean, there's, there's no guarantee. Yeah, there's no guarantee that anything we teach them now will make them better adults. We can only hope that we're instilling them with the proper stuff to use when they become adults. Yes, whether they use it or not, it's entirely up to them. Now, another way that we can play games at home is board games. Oh, board games. And again, varies from age. You can start with Candyland. I mean, that's we still play that in our house. Yeah, shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders. 
you can go up into Battleship where you're starting to teach strategy and you know how to really kind of work your grid map. Yes. Life skills. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then even up in you know, my favorite game that we played when I was younger as as a family was Clue. Oh, I absolutely love and Clue. I realize now that I totally didn't get what the game was. Uh, that somebody had been murdered <laughs> and we are all trying to figure out who did it and it's like one of us. <laughs> yeah. You're the murderer! You know, I think I'm going about this gaming thing all wrong because my dad always won. I think it's time for for Dad Bart to pick it up. You need to pull out the big guns, Dad Bart. <laughs> This is Dad's house. <laughs> Slamming the cards down, the table. <laughs> causing the water bottles and everything to bounce and roll around. Kids screaming, crying, and wailing in terror. Yes, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth at the Harper <laughs> house. <laughs> we don't like games anymore. Dad always wins. <laughs> Oh, that was deep. That was that was a really, really bad rabbit chase right there. That was. But yeah, board games. Clue loved Clue. Did you ever? Did you ever get into like massive Monopoly games? I hate Monopoly <laughs> because, again, you know, maybe now I would like it better because now I get Monopoly. I didn't get it back then. I thought you were just going around the board. I didn't realize, hey, when you buy these places, you need to start putting properties on or putting houses and hotels on the properties. That's how you're going to take everybody else's money. I never got that. And there's there were two girls that lived next door that was like one year older than me and one year younger than me. And we would play Monopoly and, and they lived like just right next door within walking distance. And so I would go over and we would, we had a Monopoly game that lasted three days one time. See, that's another thing. Monopoly goes forever. Yeah, but th- they have the expedited rules. It's and all it's, right. It's not the same, but. And you go to jail and <laughs> do not pass go. That's why you shouldn't commit those white collar crimes, Bart. <laughs> then you go to jail. Stop, stop trying to steal people's paper money under the board game. Really, honestly, it never tells you why you go to jail. You just go to jail. You just go. Yeah. Like, I feel like due process was not done in that at all. <laughs> not at all. You like, were I didn't guilty even told my, because you're guilty. You're yeah, guilty. the Miranda rights were never even said. I mean, come on. <laughs> we need to update this version of the game so due process takes place in that. Every time you go to the jail, the Miranda rights should be read every time. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) By by like the third or fourth time, your kid's like, Dad, we get it, okay? I have the right to remain silent, okay? (laughs) I know. Anything can and will be used against me in a court of law. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we're teaching life skills here. Life skills, that's right. So your favorite game was Clue. Mine was Stratego. 
loves. Uh, I'm not a strategist. I'm really not in. Yeah. Oh God, risk, stratego. <laughs> uh, that just makes. Uh, me, uh. <laughs> I loved it. Of course, Every- here's I was an only child, so I got to play stratego with myself. <laughs> Like, well, I know there's a bomb and a cannon right there, so I'm not going to move in that spot. <laughs> the great thing about always, the great thing about playing against yourself is that you always won, and true. you always lost. Hmm. <laughs> so you can be a winner and a loser. <laughs> you can be a winner and a loser if you're an only child. <laughs> yeah. But the the number of board games that are out there are seemingly limitless nowadays. It oh, seems like there's a new one pop up every time I turn around. Yeah, so that I mean, even back in the day, that it was kind of the same way. Um, oh, I'm gonna jump back real quick. Okay, Clue was my favorite family game back as a kid, just because we. Really, I just loved playing with the little pieces because they were kind of round and they mm. kind of roll funny. Um, but my favorite game now is Trivial Pursuit. Oh, Star Wars or regular? Well, Star Wars, of course, because I can actually win that one. No, um, I know almost all the answers to that one. <laughs> uh, but regular Trivial Pursuit, I I cannot get Amber to play that with me uh, because she just gets tired of me answering all the questions. <laughs> and that was one growing up that I always kind of aspired to play was Trivial Pursuit because my dad and my godfather uh, and my mom and my godmother would they'd have opposing teams. And so I would be playing with their son, but kind of listening and just to all the fun that they were having in there playing Trivial Pursuit. And my dad and my godfather just knew all the answers because they were, they were teachers. They were just full of useless knowledge while, where my mom and, and my godmother, also teachers, did not have the vast amounts of useless knowledge that my father and godfather have. Their knowledge was practical and useful. Yes, practical as, and useful. As every mother's is. And, and every father's not. We've got practical. We just shove a lot of impractical in there, too. That's right. Imagine all this extra. Like, we could probably solve cancer if we didn't know near as much about Star Wars as we did. Oh. World hunger. I mean... All those things. We should make a. We would have colonized Mars seven years ago, Bart. <laughs> we should make an RPG about that. We should. That would be a good one, actually. Colonization of Mars. No, about knowledge and. Oh. Okay, this dice roll. You get useful knowledge and you cure a local sickness. There you oh, go. I'm sorry. This one, you've just shoved more song lyrics in your head yeah and you just you also learned uh three more quotes from joey from friends <laughs> how are you doing 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, but yeah. So, board games, card games, and then there's a lot of other games that don't really fall into this, like like uh, Win, Loser, Draw. Um, Charades is another good one. Charades is more of like a, a larger group game. It's definitely more fun in larger groups. But, oh, yeah. Um, games that don't have physical things, I guess, that go with them. I mean, are, are also great, great ones to pull out with the family. And the thing is, you don't have to spend hours playing. You know, you could spend half an hour to an hour after dinner or even before dinner if you wanted something that would help you be able to create a cutoff time and be like, okay, we're starting dinner at 530. It's 430. You know, let's we'll play up until then. And so you can always say, well, dinner's not going to get cooked if daddy doesn't stop playing. Okay. <laughs> I have some um, of those things. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, that's, but just to say, you don't have to spend a ton of time uh, investing in, in games. Now you can go down the rabbit hole and uh, with, with these RPG books and games and stuff like that, you could spend a ton of money and a ton of time doing it if that's your thing. If not, you can buy one book, one game, and stick with that, and you're still good to go. And you know what? Even if if you are on an incredibly limited budget and you don't have one game in your house, but you have kids, I bet you you have a ball. Mm-hmm. Roll the ball back and forth to each other. If they're old enough, play catch. This is this is about family, and a great way for family to come together is with games. Playing catch with each other, great thing to do. Great way to again just get that personal uh, time, getting the kids and yourself away from the screen yeah and it's kind of sad but we live in a day and age where kids literally do not know how to catch or throw a ball yep they they really don't i mean i've and and you may be like whatever i'm like no i've seen it i've coached my daughter's softball team i've i've sat through a bunch of them i've sat through soccer games we we literally live in a day and age where kids don't know how to catch a ball with two hands. They don't know how to catch a ball with their glove. They don't know how to step and throw the ball correctly. Uh, they don't know how to kick the ball or dribble the ball down the down the field or down the court. Uh, it's it's honestly it's a little sad that these kids don't know that. But you can give them a, a Nintendo controller or a PlayStation or Xbox controller, and they can tell you everything about what those buttons do. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's a good segue into why games, Bart? Because games are a great way to kind of break down the barriers, to, to just let your hair down where you don't necessarily have to be dad. You don't necessarily have to be mom. The kids aren't necessarily kids. You're, you're coming more into a peer-to-peer event. Mm. Um, well, yes, they are still kids. The parents still probably have to explain the rules. 
But once the game is going, you're all playing the game. And you really do kind of become equals on this playing field. So it helps your kids kind of bond with you in a different sort of way. It helps you bond with your kids in a different sort of way. You see your kids thinking differently uh, mm-hmm. in a game mindset because there's no real consequences in a game. It's not like me trying to build something with my son and he's swinging the hammer for a nail and he hits his thumb. There's a consequence with that one, but, and yes, we're still bonding that way, but again, it's a different sort of bonding when the whole family is doing the same thing and on the same level. Yeah. And it shows for me, it shows, um, it shows my girls that adults can still have fun. I mean, they, they might see you come home frustrated from work. Of course, I work from home, so they see stoic business-like dad when they get home from school who's in business mode, typing at the computer or on the phone. And it allows them to see that you have fun, that you can do funny things and weird voices or whatever that might be. And Because when we do the RPGs and I'm playing the Game Master and we have different characters come up like you have the old crone shopkeepers like hello ladies <laughs> you know I'll pull, out, I'll pull out the voices you know and uh they they love that they giggle and they crack up and they'd be like dad you should totally wear like a scarf over your head when you do that and so you really have that old lady sound going on like okay whatever oh, but they, yeah. they love it they love it now now we're getting into larp live action role playing um, and that's well, I'm a not whole LARPing. different monster yeah i'm not larping yet i'm just doing the voices <laughs> at the table that's also because it's incredibly expensive <laughs> i don't know if i would ever go to the extent that those guys do with like the detailed armor i'd be like here i just cut this breastplate out of the refrigerator cardboard box that i found in the back alley check out my arm armor <laughs> cardboard tubes. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You bent my armor. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna make fun of those dudes because there's some pretty talented oh my gosh. Guys that are making that armor and whatnot. And no, I was making fun of my armor. <laughs> oh, they would probably be making fun of my like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but those yeah. guys can do art. And honestly, you you see some of those. I've seen some of those where they've gotten like um, advertising deals and stuff like that because they'll host, you know, video like, you know, vlogs or something where they've recorded their LARP events and stuff and they'll have sponsors and whatnot. So, I mean, more, you know, more power to those guys if they're, if they're good actors and they're good at doing that and stuff. I think it's kind of cool. It's bringing the imagination to life. That's Right. Just technically what actors and actresses in movies do. So That's true. But everybody can participate. That's right. Uh, if you're not a good actor. <laughs> stop the ugly ogre you. <laughs> what did he just say? I think he's speaking Orcish. 
<laughs> he sounds like a Wookiee. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, so Randall. Yes. Is there a limit on who can play games? Who who can play? Hmm. Let's see. Anyone that has blood flowing through their veins and lungs pumping air in and out of themselves. So basically anyone living. The dead, not so much. Unless that's what your character is when you make your game. But But you have to be living to play that character. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So I would say everyone, everyone from all ages – except maybe a tiny little baby that was born yesterday, can play the game. But you can still play peekaboo with a baby. That's a game. Why that's fun for a baby, I don't know. But you could play that. So here we can talk about making your games age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Trying to, to play Stratego with a three-year-old is probably not going to go well. Right. They're either going to get frustrated that they don't understand what's going on or they're just going to get bored like a 10 year old Bart did. Cause I still didn't get it. Um, but if your kids are older or you have an age range in your family of kids, if you make it too immature, well then your older kids aren't, are they're going to get bored and they're going to be wanting to, Hey, well, Dad, while you're teaching little one there, I'm going to go play on the iPad. So so you have to be age appropriate for everybody at the table. Yep, exactly. So, which I think, um, and, and you know your kids, or hopefully you know your kids and what their strengths are and their weaknesses are. So hopefully you're able to be able to pick a game that might be a little advanced for your youngest and maybe just a little bit under your oldest and kind of strike a happy medium there where the older one is going to be still engaged and the old and the younger will be just right at the cusp of being able to learn and pick up the game well with a little assistance. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Okay. Where are we playing these games, Bart? Here we go again. Kind of play them anywhere. Anywhere. If if you have a kitchen table, boom, kitchen table. If you want to go outside because it's a gorgeous day, take it outside. Have a picnic gaming session. You want to go old school? Head on down to the basement. Throw up your Rush posters and play a little... Van Halen or something. (laughs) Wherever you want to play, just, well, I guess you probably shouldn't play at work when you're supposed to be working. That's probably inappropriate. Yeah, that upsets the bosses. Yeah. (laughs) We should not. I will say. (laughs) That's bad. I will say, I've, I've actually played an RPG in a hotel room before with my girls we were we'd gone on a little short vacation and had didn't have much to do in the evening and there wasn't really anything on tv and so like look i got the dice app on my phone um i know a general storyline and 
we can make up stats for your characters as we go. Let's just do a little RPG right here. Okay. <clears throat> and they loved it. And we played half an hour to an hour and found something to do for a little bit. There you go. Yeah. And you kind of touched on this topic uh, a bit ago. Um, when do you do it? A good time to do it is, well, you want to make sure if they have homework, chores, get those done because you don't want to reward them before they actually do the work. But take a, about half an hour to play before supper. Or if you have time after supper, everything gets all cleaned up and then, hey, let's go play a game, guys. I have found that the incentive of getting to play a game with dad or with mom and dad is excellent when trying to get chores done. Like, hey, those dishes aren't done and those towels aren't folded. There's no RPG today. You know, there's no card game today. And so it's, it's amazing at how quickly things get done when they realize that something's not going to happen if they don't get it done. So, but yeah, it's um, using a, you may, you struck on a good point there about making sure homework chores or whatever their responsibilities are. That's teaching them another life lesson where you can have fun, but let's make sure all your important stuff is done. So I'm going to throw a question out there that I already know the answer to, but okay. we've, We've mainly been aiming this at family game night, um, parents and kids. Can adult family members play games together? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, they can. My my family, one of our favorite things to do uh, when we all get together, my sister and her husband, uh, me and my wife and my parents, we like to play dominoes. and we just have a grand old time but it's not limited to dominoes the other day we pulled out the old uh, 90s yes back in the 1990s folks back in 1992 (laughs) we we pulled out categories what hadn't seen that game in decades since 1992 since 1992 (laughs) uh but but we had so much fun it just you have to come up with answers that all start with one letter and it makes you think and you get to laugh at each other at this silly and sometimes stupid answers that you put down but it's just all about bonding getting that facetime yep of course, you and I do an RPG online through chat with two other of our adult friends. We do. And, and we've had some pretty funny junk come up in that in some of our adventures and whatnot. Like Yance with his latest character using movie quotes for every one of his responses. <laughs> for stuff. I still, I really want to know where he came up with that. Oh, I don't know. I never would have thought of that. But Well, I didn't think he would be able to come up with three months worth of movie quotes. <laughs> I didn't I like, either. Surely, surely this is going to end at some point. It's still going. Still surely going. we're going to have some actual meat to his, what he says. Nope. <laughs> no, sir. It's just all action movie 
quotes. Yes. I'm really kind of surprised he hadn't pulled out. Had, wait, he may have pulled out the Yippie Kai one already. I don't think he did, but if he's listening to the podcast, he's going to. He's going to for sure now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Thanks for giving yeah. him am- ammo. Ni- ammo I, did. I did. I just lobbed that curveball over the plate. So, <laughs> but yeah, but we say all of this to be like, games are fun. It's okay to. You, you even have it put – which I think is kind of ironic because ne- this this statement does not apply to either one of us, but you can let your hair down. And Bart and I are both balding men. So <laughs> but you, you can let your hair down. Um, it allows you to kind of drop your guard a little bit, creates a bonding moment. And um, <clears throat> this might even be applicable. Uh, maybe you have a – Maybe you have a work party or something like that. And you're wanting to get your team, uh, you know, to kind of maybe mesh better or something like that. You might, you might, you might pull out a card game or something, do a little, do a little poker or something like that one night with, with the, with the work buddies or something. You just came up with the best team building exercise. Oh, did I? If, if I ever, start a business and have to do a team building exercise we're doing an rpg <laughs> because you have to work as a team that's right and Carol from to, everybody's yeah. gonna be like oh come on work with us yeah you want carol from accounting you should have cast magic missile <laughs> bob the bruiser orc over there is needing assistance you don't kill the blacksmith. <laughs> yeah. That would be kind of fun, though. All right. So are we going to have a segment of, well, you know, here's here's an interesting one, Bart. Instead of doing our typical destination somewhere where we actually have like a, a local place that you could go how about how about this for a destination somewhere do a search online and find a local comic book store or gaming store in your vicinity and give those guys a visit i think that sounds like a great destination somewhere yes and honestly those are becoming a dying breed and i think they're a much needed uh shop or store uh, in in any community, really, a venue. Yes, the venue. Is that a venue? venue. I well, I mean, I guess it could be a venue. Venues are places where events go uh, occur. Oh, okay. But I mean, e- but they do serve as a venue. They host RPG parties and tabletop parties and board game parties and things like that. So I mean, they do have events going on. So that's another reason you should check out your local gaming or comic comic book store. And more than likely, if you have a question, they'll be able to answer it. All the ones that I've been in, those those dudes are typically nerds, and they're just waiting for someone to ask them a question about a game. You know what I love now? That back in the day, nerd, nerd was really a negative stereotype. Ner- being a nerd's kind of cool now. A little bit. Yep. In fact, I've made the argument for a long time, 
all those guys on ESPN, sportscasters, they're, they're just as big a nerds. They just know sports trivia versus Star Wars trivia. It's all useless. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> It is. You're not curing cancer or solving world poverty. You're right. They're able to pull up, you know, Don Mattingly's batting average from 1987. Don Mattingly. That's a name. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a name I've not heard in a long, long time. time. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I don't know why his name popped up. I could have picked any, like, like Bobby Bonilla. Nolan Ryan, Jose Canseco. Yeah, Wade Boggs. I mean, I could have picked any. I don't know why Don Mattingly popped up there. It was a good one. It was a good one. So, All right. Well, I mean, in in closing, I think we've come to the end of this, unless you have a few remarks here. Um, I think we're closing. I I think it's just important for you to slow down and just have fun. We live in a go, go, go society and culture now. And a, a family game night, whether you schedule it for one day a week or maybe if I understand everyone's schedules is crazy, but maybe just a couple of times a month and be able to slow down, pop some popcorn, have some chips and dip, you know, and just pl- have fun, have fun. I mean, I think sometimes families forget today to just slow down and have fun. I agree. Even yeah. though we can drive each other crazy sometimes, having that bit of fun helps to uh, knock that out of there. Yeah. And, and, and depending on the game, like if you're playing Monopoly, you're probably going to drive each other crazy. Like you will probably, you, you, you may drive a wedge deeper into your family if you're playing Monopoly. If, if you've already got a wedge in the family, don't play Monopoly. <laughs> yes. I freaking hate you. Oh, and the board goes flying across the room. Do that team building RPG. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're going to play shoots and ladders today. That way nobody gets a fork in the eye. Yeah, exactly. Oh, all right. Well, Bart, I think it's time that we, uh, wrap this up and put a bow on this episode. And so for marginally pertinent, this is Randall Latham and Bart Harper. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the marginally pertinent podcast. You can find us on the web at marginallypertinent.com. You can email us at randall at marginallypertinent.com or bart at marginallypertinent.com. And then you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Marginally Pertinent. We'd love to hear from you, so stop by, leave us a comment, or shoot us an email. We'd love to hear your topics and also your comments on every episode. Again, thank you for listening.